0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Excalibros. BAMF, BLINK, what are the What are the terms they use? Um, uh, I bet that Captain Britain says, toxic masculinity. Um, think, What What else would they oh, say?
1: I don't
0: know. Like, or, or domestic what abuse, else? it'd be one or the other. That's bloody hell,
1: yes. Oh, he says cheerio. He says cheerio now. <laughs> That's that's what I remember. That's how I that's how I say goodbye to everyone and everything. because um, I'm Brit. To be honest, he does actually stand for Brit. The more I'm reading this, I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's British. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> so we're we're back with a full block of episodes here. We've got uh, Excalibur, Exiles, Generation X, and X Factor, co- covering the full gamut of B-list x-books from the 80s 90s and today um so dan uh, a lot of crazy stuff happening in the world um yeah so uh it took us a minute to get back here uh to the books we're back on the books not that this is necessarily going to be a a reprieve from all the terribleness but uh it'll be a different kind of terribleness uh some of these books anyway so um are we cynical maybe uh the world's made us even harder. Than <laughs> <laughs> but uh let's let's dive in and uh sooner we dive in the sooner we can get to the books that we enjoy. So we well, let's start with Excalibur number twenty six. Excalibur oh, number yeah. twenty six. We have writer this is all I have on the outside. Uh is uh Michael Higgins and penciler Ron Lim. But uh if I Take a look inside the book. Got writer Michael Higgins, Penciler Ron Lim, Inker Joe Rubinstein, uh, letterer Augustin Mass, uh, colorist Glennis Oliver, and editor Terry cavanaugh <clears throat> This uh book is the Times. They are a changing. And uh on the cover we've got our our team of Excalibur uh with someone who? Some blonde, muscular dude with the phoenix fire coming out from around him, sort of surrounding our our team. It's uh, I would say this cover it's, it's lacking in detail on the characters. Uh, it's kind of boring and standard and sort of there. Do Do you have any comments on the on the cover? Um,
1: I hate what Nightcrawler's is wearing.
0: That's fine. I kind of like his
1: mustache. <laughs> I was gonna say a mustache is fine. But also, I cannot actually, I can't really read. I can't. I have to literally focus because it's blue text on that their future comes back to haunt them.
0: Yeah, like it's really hard for me to read. Yeah. <laughs> no, the this red, book was hard to read on every level there. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> I am just counting the the months until um, I almost said Peter David until we get um. Uh, Oh boy, until we get uh, Alan Davis back on this book.
1: Well, um, we have yet another tale from before the Crosstime came caper, You know, because why not? <laughs> I feel like Alan... Yeah. Sh-
0: a, lot, a lot of people. <laughs> Chris Claremont was just like, I don't know, I, got, I ain't got anything else. Can someone else write this book for a minute? Until I get my act together. So, we got Michael Higgins. <clears throat> and we, the first page, we see Sentinels destroying uh, a mutant... Um, and we realize that Rachel is having a nightmare, and she's dreaming about uh, her future past, in which uh, she th- you know everyone's being hunted by Sentinels, and you know at this uh, reality, um, Franklin Richards is killed by Sentinels, and you know knowing what we know about Franklin Richards and his his power set seems kind of ridiculous, but uh, whatever, it happened, and this page is just like. Different panels of just solid blue or solid yellow. Um, it's it's really like like I kind of I don't want to insult Blennis Oliver, but I I almost feel like she's like fuck it. If the, you're gonna give me these pages, I'm not gonna put a lot of effort into it.
1: I feel like she is just like I'm not because like some of the color work the color work's is nice. Like I um throughout the book like but it's really like because her usual style is a bit more subtle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is all, like, block red, block primary, primary colours everywhere. Yeah. Um, So, because, like, she usually colours Nightcrawler so well that Mm -hmm. you can differentiate, like, the darker hair to the, you know, the lighter fuzz. But here it's just, like, everything is blue. Here it's just blue. That's it. Done. It's, like, filling in with MS Paint. I, I assume that's really offensive to say that, but... I feel like she's not like you said. She's, she's 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 had her time now. She's like, can I move on to another book?
0: Yeah, she's she's phoning phoning. In. Either she's phoning it in or she's like, this pencil work, it's not worth it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and just, you know, uh, Ron Lim yeah, isn't like a terrible penciler. Um, I just don't know if this is the book for him.
1: Well, he 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 knows how to do. Come get me eyes
0: for um, for Kitty. <laughs> um, well. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so uh, Rachel's having a nightmare, and then she has peaceful sleep because someone is changing her dreams. And she wakes up, and she's feeling fine. And Kitty's like, "Hey, you're 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 doing good." Then Widget comes in, and Kitty's like, "Hey, Widget, leave me alone. Uh, it's it's I'm 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 blowing through this because it's not worth it." The only interesting part yep. for me this this book was we get Nightcrawler talking to Megan. and He's trying to console her because Captain Britain is being a dick like usual and captain britain walks in and sees them talking he's like oh you're trying to steal my girl um uh and he goes off in a huff you're well? you see you make it
1: sound like he's in the, it's more like because he says cheerio be like "Ho, oh, mortals pip pip get <laughs> um, line and oh, line female my slave yes that's what
0: i've been like <laughs> That 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 breeding domicile is just for me. Get your hands off of my. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's what it'll be.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. Anyway, carry on. <laughs>
0: um. Uh. So um. We, we get like Nightcrawler and Megan uh, going off together, and we're we're getting more hints of, like maybe this is the couple that they maybe they should be together. It's a little heavy-handed here, but uh, Megan picks up. Nightcrawler, it's kinda cute and they go flying off somewhere. But well, you must remember this was
1: before the cross down <laughs> so none of this matters. Right. <laughs> uh, really annoyed.
0: <laughs>
1: so none of this actually matters.
0: This whole book this a- whole issue matters nothing. But at the same time, Kitty and Rachel decide they're gonna go off and do stuff. They Kitty's able to to walk on air and Rachel can just fly and as they're walking across the ocean, uh they scare some some men on a boat. Uh, one dude's really chowing down on a sandwich, and a guy who, uh, as myself, who hasn't had lunch yet, I'm like, "Hmm, hungry," uh, just like Spike um, is. And um, we <laughs> go ahead.
1: We don't we don't drink that much ginger ale. I don't know where that's from.
0: Um, if you'd
1: put bitter or beer, that'd make more sense. Because ginger ale in this country is usually non-alcoholic.
0: Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but ginger ale should be not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one too many ginger ales? <laughs> I'm like,
1: what? <laughs> you should be like, one too many bitters or whiskeys or, yeah. I don't no,
0: know. No, ginger ale in the States <laughs> is also non alcoholic. I don't. Maybe. maybe this guy on, on the on boat's like, ca- carbonation ca- to really get you drunk, buddy. What are you doing? <sighs>
1: sheesh, some guys. We don't say sheesh. That's, a, that's you guys. We don't go sheesh. Be like twat. she say twat or Boy. Anyway. Yes. Aside from Claremont's Englishisms. Um,
0: no, we're, we're taking this book as serious as necessary. Yes. Uh, so, so, but, can I just say uh, about
1: panel on the opposite page? Uh, Kitty, um, with the shadow colouring around her eyes, looks like she can't apply makeup. No. Um, like, if you look at her eye, the shadows around her two eyes on yeah. the next blade where she says, do oh, bother. Yeah. It literally looks like she's someone's white <laughs> makeup on her eye. Yeah. That's how eyeshadow works.
0: <laughs> well, the girls are, the ladies are off shopping. And uh, Kitty's like, well, you've got that. I'm not that much into clothes. I'm going to look for some software, or some, some quote-unquote software. And then uh, Kitty sees, can it be from another time? I thought he died. Is it Franklin? And Franklin looks like just like regular blonde uh, muscle dude. <laughs> there's no, you're not like oh, I should know who that is. Like if you told me that was supposed to be Alex Summers for a minute, i would be like, yeah, I guess that's Alex Summers is showing up. Like there's no, it's, it's just just blonde dude. Um, it's just a for the Avengers. Yeah, everyone is blonde. Could be, could be, could be whoever be, It <laughs> could be Captain America. Who knows? Um, and, and she's like, oh, I can't believe it's you. And they, they share an embrace. And they're like, I can't believe you survived. And uh, they go to have lunch, and Kitty runs into her. And, and Rachel can't be bothered to really introduce them. And we're just filled with, like, o- oddly drawn, as you said, come get me eyes and giant smiles and lack of detail throughout all these panels.
1: But the funny fact is, um, even Kitty says to you, Franklin, I know you because you're just a blonde dude. Essentially, is what she's saying.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh yeah, you. Which, uh, you know, doesn't is maybe not at this point, but she has a little bit of history with Franklin later on, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so they decide to take this uh, strapping young man home, um, and when they get there. Widget and uh, our little dragon friend are kind of upset, and they run away, and uh, Kitty decides to leave Rachel and Franklin alone, and then they start having, like, a mind meld, um, and (laughs) there's, like, they start to get a little grotesque, and as I mentioned, all these panels are just, like, blank, empty... Details in the background are very like light etching. There's not a whole lot of effort that really went into penciling this book. I feel like they were, you know, Claremont's like, "Oh, I don't have time. Uh, just, just do something." And they had like, you know, two weeks to put this issue out. Because yeah. Kitty floats between looking like a child and then looking like a forty-year-old woman who's, who's secretly like an evil, uh, an evil tyrant. Um, yeah. She can't face you the fog's because everything looks the same. Yeah.
1: Something's going on.
0: Apparently. So, uh so, something weird's happening and then Megan and Nightcrawler return and uh I, I it's weird Nightcrawler's is wearing like a cummerbund. I don't <laughs> I don't get it. Um and we we see the mind meld and like Franklin what's happening and someone's taking over her power and there's a weird spatial genderless being out in space screaming into the cosmos. Um and then Franklin disappears because it's not really Franklin. Who is it then? Oh, lady.
1: No, I knew it said a lady mastermind. He mastermind, isn't it?
0: Yeah. He's like, I must have the Phoenix Force. So he's trying to steal it. And uh, Kitty's like, hey, something's going on. And Nightcrawler and, uh, deformed Megan uh, with uh, one bulgy eye and one regular eye. You're like, oh, no. What's going on? Um, uh, and then Kitty tells the backstory of how Franklin was killed. It's all really blandly colored. Um, and they're like, who could be all behind this? Who's doing this? And meanwhile, on your island, um, we get to talk to Moira <laughs> McTaggart for reasons.
1: I don't even understand this one. I'm like, is this going to ha- pay off later then, obviously?
0: Mm-hmm. a she's beeping. she's like,
1: oh, dear.
0: Someone <laughs> at the door. <laughs> that's, just, that's all it is. That's all that is. I do like that she's Something in her space, space-esque, space-esque onesie. So it's an interesting choice to wear it's comfy Sunday obviously I was <laughs>
1: like, the doorbell rang on a Sunday and she's like what's happening um,
0: <laughs> this is madness yeah. um, and then I, this is where I really get lost because they're like oh something's going on so I'll Megan's like I'll look like um, the Black Queen and uh, they get bamfed into Rachel to like mess with their mind or something and kitty looks weird and then captain britain shows up again and he's got powers but it's not him it's it's been mastermind it w- the, the captain britain asshole is not the regular asshole this it's been a different sort of flavor of asshole so we're allowed to forgive him i guess um and mastermind tries to take over the phoenix but rachel is phoenix and she has power and she uh, takes it all back and so, i don't know wipes his mind or does something to him and he just sort of falls on the ground. We don't really... Then he's put in, like, a comatose sleep where he thinks he has the power of the universe. Fine. Uh, whatevs. Uh, Rachel cries. And then everyone goes to Muir Island for coffee? <laughs> I don't understand why. Um, and they're like, hey, that, that was... That was terrible. Um.
1: What really upsets me is they comatose as a dude and Captain Britain's just like, this feels like an issue, just so Captain Britain be like, I wasn't a check on those times. It was him, really, really. Yeah.
0: I mean, Marvel's like, you know, we've really been treating that dude like an asshole. Maybe we need to retcon this somehow. But he yeah, was—he no, was an asshole throughout the whole time, cross time caper as well. So it's not like you're fully reformed. Yeah, you
1: can't always be masterminded. <laughs> uh, it's like one of those people who's like uh, after the uh, secret, inv- is it secret invasion, where they're like, oh, it was a squirrel it's fine. Right. It wasn't me. It was, it was, um... Pietro does it. He lies and says Squirrels did shitty things. Oh, right. <laughs> so it was actually him. <laughs> it's in a um, uh, X Factor, isn't it? That's brilliant. Um, but yes, that was weirdly confusing near the end where they decided to like, terrorise Rachel's mind by pretending to be her mum while also being the worst version of her mum. I was like, why is this the plan? Mm. <laughs> um, Could the plan not just be teleported and smack the guy next to him? (laughs) Um,
0: I don't know. Yeah, It it was a fill-in issue with fill-in artwork and just like, hey, we need to put something out this month because we need to put something on the stands. Yes. Um, Don't read this if you don't need to. Because we didn't need to read this. No, we didn't. And we weren't again. (laughs) That's all
1: good. Um, So, moving on from... Well, luckily, I I just want to say,
0: luckily, next issue we've got... Claremont is back, and penciler we've got uh, Barry Windsor Smith, with inker Bill Sienkiewicz, and colorist uh, Glynis Oliver. So, next issue could be interesting, Dan. It might might be something worth looking at and talking about.
1: Yes, possibly. <laughs>
0: um,
1: <laughs> right. So, yes, we move through that very quickly, and I'll try and do the same for. Um, Generation X, number 15, because I decided to do that one first. Um, under the Evil Influence, and our phone cover is simple evil looking with um, M-plate hand mouths and M-plate in the background, and it's you have I don't know, just, I think it's just the week for average covers, isn't it? Um, yeah. The colours are horrible, and it just doesn't work for me at all as a as a um as no. a as a thing yeah. not as an entity I mean, we said uh, it before
0: right. like you start off with Bocalo, it sets such a high standard and maybe concepts only he can really carry to fruition and then you hand it off to people who maybe not as talented and this is what we get
1: yep and we have scott lovdell on the plot but he's not actually writing it this time it's uh Todd Dizago is the script. Uh, Tom Grumman is still on pencils, Al Milgram is on inks. We have Richard Starkins and Comic Croft on the lettering and Christy Sheely on colours and what the hell is that another colour? Malibu Malibu's hues on colour sets.
0: So that's probably all the uh all Rainbow. Of, yeah, all the rainbow stuff, yeah.
1: Wow. Um, okay. So um, I won't even say what we left off on. The front cover much ma- makes it obvious. Um, Ever is threatening a baby. Um, and then his family wake up. Uh-huh. I, le- I will make it. I will literally make a confession. I slept through reading this. Essentially, I just read it, but the words weren't even entering my mind. I was quite discomfited. Oh. <laughs> um, so yeah, his his family wake up. He's all like, I'm going to eat everything, in a really horrible pose. Now he wears a lab coat? A blue lab coat?
0: Uh-huh. I don't know what
1: that's supposed The baby's not even awake for any of this. She's a high sleeper. He no longer has uh, pupils, because he's evil. Um, he decides to not eat his family, and then just jumps through a window. Uh, the police are there. Um, there's some dickhead... Blonde policeman just saying stuff, <laughs> and then uh, Emma turns up in a cape with a hood, like Moon Knight, and does some um, telepathic shenanigans. Everyone has. At first, I thought Jubilee had like thrown sparkles in their faces. Right. Someone's got, like random sparkles around their heads. Uh, Banshee's all there, uh, also in in one of Everett's um, fancy jackets. So everyone wears blue hmm. hoodies now. Um, I generally don't understand this is Emma Frost's wardrobe is terrible they just chatter and say we'll go find them then on the street corner we've got Husk, M and Jubilee um, Just waiting and they decide to go off and find him Themselves back at back at base. Uh, we have skin and Jono who are just sort of dossing about really uh, Jono can't remember um, things he's starting to lose his memory for some reason. That may or may never be paid off. Uh, only time will tell. <laughs> uh, and then um, we're in a um, Sisters of Perpetual. Is that Sisters of Perpetual? I'm going to zoom in. I'm on the, my iPad, so yeah. Perpetual Hope. Sisters of Perpetual Hope. The sisters and Everett's just sat there with his uh, rainbow. Um, the guy's like, "Are you all right?" And then he's like, I'm going to eat you. But, of course, he doesn't eat him. Um, He doesn't eat him because our team turns up. And he's like, oh, you've turned up now. Now I'm super powerful because you've turned up. And I have all your powers. And that is the end. And it goes on for another issue. Like, I love, I really love Everett. I think he's a really fascinating power set. Um, Mm -hmm, uh Mm-hmm. And I, I generally think that when used he's right, he's, he's really fun. Why well, have a storyline centred around him that, uh, uh, you know, to look at his past but having been like an evil dude? He could have just been fine, gone to see his parents at the
0: end. Right.
1: Um, so, yes, uh, not much really happens, to be absolutely honest. Nothing um, is given to us that we don't already know about Everett he comes from a well-to-do family like he, he literally is the most together character of all of them um, and it's nice to see that he has a family and that his family are nice but we kind of gap at that from the fact that he is nice he hasn't had much problem and then there's the, that weird you know the whole end plate thing of he's gonna kill everyone he loves but he he doesn't there's no fright whatsoever because he's kind of like I'm gonna eat you no I'm not um, pretty much every time Um, yeah. And it looks horrible. Yeah. And the color work is, is is weird and shiny, and people have reflective skin for some reason um, because of the way the color works it doesn't make sense in my brain. And I I don't understand why Emma is walking around with a hood in like it's not even fashionable Does that make sense? Like I thought she's fashionable. Um, weird
0: choices, dude. There's a lot of weird, weird choices. Like Jubilee's wearing like a a, a turtleneck sweater and jeans and like a brown uh, overcoat. Like everyone's weird. And not that I'm trying to get all sexual here, but Husk when she turns into her metal form, like her chest is all like weirdly shaped. Yep. It's it's, it's everyone's has body dysmorphia here, and it's. As you mentioned, the color work is drab. and It's so disappointing to read this book at the moment because no one's really seems to grasp who these characters are or how they should be drawn or really have an idea of where the book should be going.
1: No, It, it needs to be going back to the school. That's the problem. We need to see these kids learning mm-hmm. their crap. Um, I think this is this is just a let's have an end-plate story because he's our, the only villain we actually have for them. Um, and it's just not working out. And it goes on for yet another chapter. Almost as if like it's punishing us for deciding to read it. Um,
0: <laughs> well, it's hopefully uh, we'll move on to something better after this storyline?
1: I think that What's more interesting, I think where we are now is the most interesting factor of generation X is actually the behind-the-scenes stuff Okay, like we've with, with Stamping his foot Playing with the other X-Men and the whole like what he intended the plate m M-M Storyline to be and then what it ended up being and it was all like a mess and we get to see the car crash Or the remains of the car crash that was the whole creative process right? I think, that's it's in, I think it does sort of pick up a little bit more but I'm I'm talking like when the dodge take over, so it's like twenty issue 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 twenty four, twenty five. Right. So um, we have we have we have ways to go.
0: Well, we'll get there and you know one of these episodes we'll talk about what the intended plan was and uh how that was changed and obviously Labdell is just more interested at the moment in doing X Men proper books than this book, so um, it's just falling by the wayside. Dan.
1: Uh, well, um, I'd say we leave X Factor to last because it's nice.
0: I agree. Um, Thank you. Well,
1: um So we'll. I will jump in again with
0: <gasps>
1: Exiles twenty seven. The cover where people touch people's breasts. Um,
0: <laughs> it's odd, right?
1: I, don't understand this cover. So on the right, on the cover we have um Sunfire and Nocturne and Nocturne has her hand directly in between Sunfire's uh, breasts. Obviously Sunfire's a lesbian, she probably wouldn't she might like this, she might not, but it's weird. It feels a bit disturbing to me. Right. And really uh, the breasts are so overly sexualized, the bodies are so overly sexualized. Um I don't know. Right.
0: It feels all about titillation yeah uh, yeah I, f- I feel like they've gone to like where each person may have had a, a body type and a personality and now it's just like how much tna can we give you on the cover to get you to buy this book
1: well you wouldn't be surprised that it's written by chuck austin um <laughs> and clay and henry clay henry is the is the penciler i don't have the specific inca because obviously there's a mark
0: morales by.
1: Ah, Mario Morales. And Kulis uh, cool, is Transparency Digital still, and the letter uh, Could be David Sharp. It's
0: could Paul Soutron.
1: Yep. So there you go. So when we left our budding um, reality-hopping misfits, uh, the new member, Magic, had just murdered two Avengers from this timeline. Or this reality, sorry. And uh, Danny Rand, who runs the Heroes Higher, Hire, which Avengers, whatever it's called, is all like, you... And Luke Cage is like, yes, let's kill her. And Colossus, unfortunately, even though he may or may not have a sister in this reality, has decided that whatever she says is golden, because she looks like his sister. Right. Um,
0: they even like later on, like, dude, we don't even know her. What are you doing? This could be someone in disguise. And he's like, no, nope, I'm going to just blindly trust her.
1: Yep. So, on the one hand, we have the ridiculously named Moses Magnum um, and named Marita the Queen of Atlantis in this universe uh, wanting to sink Japan for the most... Because they want to prove they have power. It's so vague why they want to destroy Japan.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It doesn't even... um, And it feels like he could do it without an army because he has earthquake powers. (laughs) Along those uh, things. Um, We have basically three stories happening. We... Uh, Sunfire speaks the most she's ever spoken in any comic um, of of Exile's name. Um, Morph sort of does some comedy, but it doesn't land at all.
0: Not and at he, all.
1: Uh, yep, and Noctan has been relegated to Sunfire and has nothing to say. Um, so, Moses Magnum and Nimiria are, are all loved up and sexed up, and every time they attack things, they kiss and get all, like, hot and horny through all the, the whole book. Um... If, if I just deal with Sunfire stuff, she goes to her house, finds out her self has died in this reality, and Morph makes this terrible joke, which is even called out in the book, about her not being a lesbian, so it might be okay that she's dead. Right. Which is just weird. tone deaf, And at least Sun, Sunfire calls him out for being a tone-deaf douchebag, and also completely out of character, because I generally don't think Morph would have ever said anything like that. Um, yeah,
0: no, he wouldn't... But maybe this is a different morph, because he's in a very different costume, uh, in this book for some reason. Yeah, his costume
1: has definitely been updated. Uh so is Notten's to be honest. So a lot of them have look have like visual tweaks. Um
0: mm-hmm.
1: actually, So their story sort of just ends. Uh they, they they go to fight um Magnus really, but no, their story just ends in that house. Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> the um second story is that uh, Mimic and Sasquatch turn up to fight, and they sort of do okay until um, Mimic is earthquake,d and is having a seizure, and Sasquatch is punched into a wall.
0: Yeah, um, he gets earth he gets earthquake on his skin, right? So he's like, can't can't take it.
1: Nope. and uh, oh, while this is happening, we have Saturday morning cartoon visuals depicting. The brutal beating of a woman, um, and then uh, she murders them. Well, Peter murders them because uh, he's mad and Colossus.
0: It's so dumb. It's so dumb.
1: Punches his fist through Luke and lets Danny punch his fist through him. There's a lot of fisting going on, and then like he crushes Danny's head, right? And then kills himself. Or something? Because he has to die as well, so I don't understand. Oh no, he dies from Danny's fist. Right. Um, and then she kills the Black Knight. And then uh, everyone's very surprised because uh, the Talos says the mission's over. And then they're like, but we didn't do the mission! And there's just evil Ileana, um sat there staring at a dead person. The end. Right, so one thing I do actually like the idea of is that a member of the Exiles would actually be ruthless enough to be like, no, I want to go home, let's just do the mission, and then just go off and do their own, their own right. thing. Yes, it is up to the Weapon X team to do the harsher things, but it's nice that maybe there would be someone like that. That is actually a nice idea. It would work well in a team environment. Right, the conflict a lot of between people
0: mission. who want to do the right thing and or, or someone who just wants to do the mission, you know.
1: Yeah, so you, you got a lot of conflict. It, it's a more of an escalation of what it was before, where Blink and um, Mimic were having that conversation of doing the right thing or doing the mission, and Mimic was getting disillusioned. Now we have, have someone who actually wants to do it and will get their hands dirty. That's fine. Putting a Wolverine on the team, totally okay. Execution-wise, I don't like seeing her get beaten up. Like it's really gratuitous. Like the way she's just like being held by her, her while they're slapping her around and they're right. gonna just fine. It just feels over the top, especially with the style of art, which is sort of a bright, colourful, like you <laughs> said, Saturday morning cartoon style. I actually don't mind the art in a lot of places here, but I don't think it's tonally the right style right. for the style. Um The whole super sexed up couple of evil people just is just horrible and doesn't really add anything. Uh, morph is to him death. The whole idea that. Um, this is this is where Sunfire gets some per, like gets some personality or some dialogue. It just it's, ugh, and everyone else is just um, treated like a um, secondary character, and no longer important, and just thrown around a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, all because Chuck Austin likes Moses Magnum. I don't, I don't I know. It and then it just ends.
0: I think he's also taking advantage of, like, hey, it's like the Suicide Squad. I can just kill people off in school, right? All right, let's just kill some people. Because... It would have
1: been more... In... It would have been... Sorry. No, go, go ahead, go ahead. It would have been more interesting is if they were succeeding in stopping him right. and saving people, and then she kills them, the Avengers or peers or whatever, mm-hmm. and they move on. That would be more interesting to me but here it's just we're being beaten and then we're saved by someone else's actions that's it that's it it's really unsophisticated um i
0: don't
1: know it doesn't say anything about the characters i feel like anyone could say any of these lines and they are completely interchangeable no one has a voice anymore
0: Mm -hmm. i don't know it's a disappointment it is for sure yeah i just in my head i just can't get over the colossus stuff no, it's stupid. It really is stupid.
1: like Peter loves his sister, but you know what I mean, <laughs> would you murder your best friends just as a random person who kind of look, who looks like your sister turns
0: up? Right. Like... So we've seen him do that in um, generation next, but that was a Peter who had lived through like an apocalypse of the world and had a lot of backstory and history and awful violence happened to him. Like it's a, it's almost a completely separate character who only hurts p- like his team and, and people save his sister in like the very extreme instance. Here it's just like, hey, I'm Peter. My sister showed up and said we're supposed to die, so I guess I should believe her even though I never met her. And <laughs> it's, it doesn't like uh, even if you were it, not a sophisticated character, you wouldn't just be like, all right, time to kill myself.
1: It wouldn't. The thing is, it robs magic of any kind of urgent agency or any kind of character development for herself. Because she's just come ahead face to face. She's like super confident about killing the, the the Iron Fist and the dudes, yeah? She's all like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then, then she comes face to face with her brother, which should logically be, even if it's a bloody trope, logically be... Oh no! Can I do this? Yes, yeah, yeah. It'd be a little bit more difficult. Even, even though that is so unbelievably well played out, blah blah blah. That they should have gone not. Not I'm an idiot. I'm just going to kill everyone I know and have known for years. Like from the sounds of it, his sister still a, is still alive. <laughs> like somewhere. It doesn't even sound like his sister's dead from the dialogue. Right. Like if. If they'd made it like, his sister died years ago, and this is a second chance of him seeing his sister, blah, 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 then maybe I'd believe it. But it it almost sounds like, well, your sister... One of them might as well have just gone, well, your sister's literally back home. I don't know why you're believing this. We can
0: call her right now on the phone. (laughs) You know? I just... We had lunch at the deli last Wednesday. She's fine. This isn't her. (laughs) You know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Why are you killing us for it? (laughs)
0: <laughs> all right. Well,
1: right. a word of warning. Next time is crossover time.
0: Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be something.
1: Um, I don't know if I have all the. I don't know if it's a full crossover. To um, because I I'm not reading the other issues. Um,
0: I think you I'm went through reading. the Austin run, and I went through the Austin run. You know, within the last year or so. And uh, I don't remember the crossover, to be honest. Um, But I'm not going to go back and read it.
1: I think it's just a crossover in Excalibur. Excalibur, sorry. Oh, is it? Okay.
0: Because
1: um, it doesn't see... I'm trying to look now, and it doesn't have, like, part one, part two. Does
0: Mm. that make sense? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel like it's just a, a mini crossover. Well... Hooray hur- hur- for that! We'll we'll get to that one soon. Uh, yeah, this was this is. I mean, I, I want to say the artwork is definitely better in this issue than Excalibur was, um, mm. but uh, outside of that, this was this was a mess on a on a thematical level. I think this was uh, um, Excalibur
1: was confusing because of the way it sort of does its thing. Gen X was boring, but this just is offensive. Because <laughs> <laughs> it offends the reader. It generally just yeah. goes, fuck it. Cause let's be honest, people. People reading Exiles know a little bit about X-Men. You know what I mean? <laughs> There'll be some new readers, but most people will have a cursory knowledge of X-Men. <laughs> you know what I mean? and be like, mm, this doesn't feel right. <laughs> <laughs> Even an adult, really, it doesn't feel feel right. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, all right. Well, let's let's move on to a book I think we enjoyed more than the others, um, and that will be X Factor number seventy-three. I, I love it says all new, all different X Factor because we had that great run of X Men comics in like twenty, I don't know, eleven to twenty fifteen-ish. That was like all new, all different uh, books, um, and we had a, an excellent X Factor book uh, during that period of Peter David book with uh, some of the same characters. Um, but, uh, this, 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 uh, this book is, if I could ever find the creatives, is writer, is Peter David, uh, pencils, Larry Stroman, Inker, Al Milgram, letter Michael Heisler, colorist, Glenis Oliver. And on the cover, um, we've got our X-Factor team fighting a bunch of multiples men. Um, a lot of dynamic action and blasts and perspective here. I don't... This is probably the best cover of the week, but I wouldn't call this a great cover either. Yeah, it's probably the strongest one, but it is a bit sort of generic. Um, and Strowman can also... get a little wonky sometimes, and he's a little bit too wonky on this cover. Like, Alex's face and some of the multiples men's faces are, are kind of really odd. It, it, it And
1: also, it's crazy that that um, Glynis Oliver is is doing the heavy lifting here.
0: <laughs> it's weird.
1: It's weird because um, Glynis Oliver, Excalibur, our middle is the inks on Generation X. Right. Uh, we're having like a crossover of creators. And Creative crossover, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, like the ink work in Gen X is nothing like the ink work
0: in this. Oh, no. Very <laughs> sophisticated ink work here. Very... <laughs> It blows my mind. Yeah. Oh man. Oh boy. Alright, so um there's a lot of joking going on here. And I kind of forgot it because we read this a while ago. Um but uh we start off with a dude in his car, he's driving, he's hearing some news, uh, things are weird, so he's flipping through the radio and he uh they flip to a uh a weird all song. Uh it's a parody of Particle Man called Multiple Man, which it's a very like Jokey Peter David kind of thing, but I uh, I kind of enjoyed it, uh, especially the part was like, is he a lot or is he alone? Superior clown or superior clone? It's kind of fun, and you're like, oh yes, we know you're obsessed with multiple men. We've had three issues of it, and we're gonna continue to have it. Um, but then we get a, a really cool full page of uh, two multiple men like barreling through the windshield of of this dude's uh, car. Uh, super dynamic and 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 just very like v- full of velocity here uh, with uh, the title crowd control going on. What do you think of this page? I do like the um, them to just like
1: at first when I look at it I'm like is that rain? But no, it's it's, it's marks of movement. Um, <laughs> I'm just being stupid. But no, I do really enjoy uh, the beginning of this book. I think it's got really nice um, setup is it, as always. Strumming. Goes for the cinematic uh, aspects of, mm-hmm. of panel. As opposed to like your traditional, um, I do really like the the. the I, I like the sort of thing that happens afterwards, where there's just a hundred, hundreds of Muslim men everywhere, just hitting people, and people are filming it, which is very uh, of its time, <laughs> sure. uh, of this time, of this time, very relevant.
0: <laughs> we even get like. On uh, the next page, you get like a Flavor flave. He's got a giant clock around his neck, watching things go down. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's kind of an interesting concept, because it's like, which is the real multiple man, and which is not? And why couldn't I absorb the clone? Well, maybe I'm a clone, so I couldn't absorb the clone, but he can absorb mine, but I can't absorb his. There's a weird, like, who's the real? Who's the real one happening here throughout this episode? And, yeah. uh yeah, I mean, God... Really, you know, we were talking about uh, on our our other show, uh, Space Cowboys. We were talking about camera angles, and there's a really unique perspective in cam- camera angles in this book as well. Just like zoom-ins, uh, zoom-in uh, zoom panels of the reporter, then you zoom out and you see her hair like flowing in the wind, and the camera flying, and it's it's so engaging artwork. It's, it's such engaging artwork. Like I have trouble even processing how. <laughs> how oddly, um, just how oddly enticed, entranced I am by what's happening on the page. It's like I can't, it's, I, I can't, it can't go from my brain to my tongue. It gets stuck halfway between. I'm just like, let I me mean, like. Um,
1: I find it very satisfying. Is my word for it, it. Like the marriage of script and art, uh, just really do mesh and it makes a really nice sort of mixture of because um, the script isn't is David uh David's sort of like kookiness yeah. but at the same time it is kinda little of traditional in places. But Strowman's um artistic flair with some great ink work and colour work by uh Oliver and Milgram make it totally different and um I think you said that some like you mentioned before or Jason mentioned before that it's like an indie book
0: yeah
1: um yeah. it very much feels like it's railing against the norm all the time for better or worse because there are some panels that uh, aren't aren't truly amazing i'm not a massive fan of uh weird crunched up ball multiman punching someone with like the background being Oh right kinks right. And right um but then then you have Kermit the Frog. so <laughs> Which looks fantastic. Um, but I generally do like uh, I, I, um, I do like this as you grab it. It's quite fun. It's but fun. Anyway, it's just
0: like a, a battling. It's just multiples of men punching each other and joking at each other for 22 pages here. As you mentioned, they're fighting in a museum. And, and one of them has like a Kermit puppet makes some jokes and then punches another multiple man with the, with the puppet. And he's just like, is this the real multiple man? And then he gets knocked out. And you're like, oh, maybe it's this one. And then that guy gets knocked out. It's just a lot of fighting with the rest of the team just like, fuck, what are we supposed to do here? <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's an odd place to be where, where the government's introducing you as the the new herald of of peace between mutant and human. And then one of your teammates causes a giant uh, riot to happen in the middle of New York, you know?
1: And I do love the fight. That for me personally, Pietro is MVP for just the, the dialogue about him getting to beat Jamie up consistently. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just feels like we talked about Exiles uh, when we talk about Exiles and Traskton. They have no character, or the character that has been worked into that into that team by Winnick has been jettisoned for for titillation and uh, violence and random stuff. Whereas here everyone has very carefully got a voice, and they uh have different ways of speaking like the 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 actual dialogue and the words are changed depending on who who you've got. I know it's a simple thing that a lot of people do, but it's, after reading exiles, it feels refreshing to um, have a cast of characters that feels like different people than um than mannequins doing superhero things
0: so no, you're true. You're right. And uh, I, I love. They all have, like, the different fighting styles. Like, strong guys just, like, flicking guys, knocking them out. And we, we see, like, the destructive power of Alex and all the. Just a weird, like, cartoonish fighting happening here between the different multiple men where they're using props from museums. And Polaris is there just using crazy, like, green waves to knock people out. It's. There's not a whole lot. It's just like a lot of jokes and a lot of action poses and a lot of like weirdness. It's it's very visual. Um, I don't know. I just I just keep flipping through and looking at all the weirdness, and I don't. Know, it almost feels like it shouldn't work, but this issue works despite that. Like we have a page of strong guy like talking on and on like Chris Claremont, but it doesn't derail anything. It's just just going on. I uh. I, I just had a lot of fun with this issue, Dan.
1: Yeah, because like it's a cursory story where you find out that they're trying to uh, break uh, X Factor, um, and the next target is is Strong Guy, essentially. But it's just a bit of a ride, right? Um, to the end, and I think it's just fun. And it, if you do want to just go back and have a have a good old time with an old X book, X Factor might be a nice little um. Palette turns up a little bit until obviously I mean, it inevitably gets shit, like all of them do. Right. Um, it might not, but I feel like um, after reading the, the others, and this was definitely the highlight. And we don't even really need to, to go into the story that much because it's it's fake it's very just a, it's a fight book. That's all it is.
0: Yep. It's a fight book. It's fun. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, there's someone behind the scenes sort of making everyone's powers go crazy. And uh, next on his list is Strong Guy. There's also a dude who's been, like, building a, a mecca for a while. And he goes to, like, climb into it. And realizes that he did the measurements wrong so he can't fit. Uh. <laughs> that
1: was funny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and it, so eventually there's just, like, two two multiples men left. And they strap him down. And they're going to bring a telepath in or whatever to figure out who's who. And, uh... It's like, next time, strong guy's going to get it. And I, I just feel like it's really dynamic artwork and uh, angular and, and odd and strange, but fun and weird. And it hits me in all like the, the 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 odd parts of me that just need that itch scratched. It's just scratching that itch for me. And maybe that might not be for everyone, but I feel like it's, uh, if you haven't read at least these first couple of issues before of x-factor you really should because they're very unique agreed all right well that was our episode this week we sort of blew through the issues um but you know part of it is we're not going to spend an hour Mm -hmm. talking on each subpar Mm -hmm. book because it just (laughs) just brings us down um and if, if we had more, like we like X Factor and Gen X, we re- especially just like blew right through those books because there's it was just very piss poor. And but if if those books had something happening, we would have talked more about it. If there's anything worth talking about, <laughs> um, especially when ne- we have like, hey, this story actually happened beforehand. We're gonna do a flashback that's gonna have no meaning on anything. Ah. Uh, maybe we just don't read that book anymore. You know, <laughs> if we got any more flashbacks. that don't mean anything. Maybe we just skip those down. Yes, <laughs> I feel like that's a that's pretty good idea. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, um, the, d- the, d- d- despite some lackluster reading material this time, I, I, I still had a lot of fun with X factor. Um, even if you just want to like flip through the pages and see just another style of how, uh, these characters can be realized on the page. I think it's, it's worth it. Um, but uh, that's it. Uh, we'll be back again shortly. Uh, where, where can they find us, Dan? You can find us at uh, podbean.com
1: forward slash um, Excalibur. I nearly forgot then because I'm just thinking about X-Factor in my head. Um, <laughs> and you can find us uh, by searching Excalibur on Google or we're at Excalibur1 on Twitter. And we should be all over the place so you can hear us wherever, whenever. But Twitter is probably the best place They're there. Best place to get hold of us, um, since these books have mel- melted my brain. Um, so, <laughs>
0: yeah, it it was it was tough to get through these, Stan. It was,
1: but it's so okay, next time it can't be that bad. Next time it can't be that bad.
0: Hmm. No, I'm, I'm actually yeah. generally optimistic about who's going to be doing um, Excalibur next issue. I'm like, all right, well, I think we might have a turnaround at least on that book.
1: I'm hoping that the end of the Generation X storyline is amazing so that we (laughs)
0: can move
1: on. And it was all worth
0: it. I'm sure it's going to pay off. Like, we're going to look like idiots, Dan.
1: Definitely. It's going to be the the unsung X-book of the 90s that we didn't know about.
0: That no one knew about. No No. one has any idea how amazing issue 16 was. Changed the face of comic book storytelling. Forever, Forever, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Alan Moore always talks about it, you know, uh, Generation X-16 is just like the pinnacle of comics. Yeah, it ruined, it ruined the Watchmen. Um,
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I've gone del- delirious, that's the problem.
0: You imagine Morrison being like, well, my, my real inspiration for... My, my X-Men run was Generation X number 16. There's something in there that just... <laughs>
1: if anyone says the word, well, I'm picking up Generation X 16 now, but if I ever hear a creator say Generation X 16 and is their inspiration, and we read it and it is garbage, I'd be like, wow, your entire, like... Imagine Hickman saying that. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe maybe I'm, I'm really under... <laughs> don't understand you at all.
0: We've we've hit that giggle phase of, of reviewing where nothing makes sense anymore. We're just like just giggling. Yeah, we've been up too long. It uh, nothing makes sense. All right, sure. well <laughs> well with that, um, uh, we'll leave you here. We we want to uh, let everyone know that we're starting a new uh, podcast. This isn't going anywhere. Like I, we're still doing uh, Excalibros, but uh, Dan and I both love uh, the animated uh, TV show. Cowboy Bebop so much, uh, we're we're starting a, a Cowboy Bebop podcast called Space Cowboys, um, and we'd love it if you would check out that show as well. So if you want to search for Space Cowboys uh, in the next few weeks on any of your uh, podcast uh, RSS feeds or podcast, I almost said podcast servers, any pod, anywhere you download podcasts, we'll be there, is what I'm trying to say. Um, so please check us out there as well. And we'll have more t- details on that as uh, as that show progresses. But uh, uh, you, if, if if you're not too sick of hearing Dan and I on Exc- Excalibros, you can check us out there as well.
1: All right.
0: All righty, Dan. Well, I'm going to go have some lunch, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your Sunday evening. I appreciate uh, you giving me all this block of time today. No worries. It was fun. All righty. Well, we'll see everyone next time. Cheerio. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Ta- was it pip pip tally ho?
1: Yeah, <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god, those books. Yeah, broken. Huh? Yeah, they have broken me.
0: I'm glad <laughs> we just ran through them because that was.
1: I feel like we just. There's a slight disservice but it was alright. Wow, <laughs> I think we both needed it uh, to get out. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Definitely. It's cool. yeah. Alrighty. Well, I I, I am seriously gonna uh, we'll, we'll, Talk to you later, Mark, my friend. You my friend.